your complete betting guide to this weekend's English Premier League action. Please gamble responsibly. This is the Sportsbet.io Premier League podcast. Welcome to the Clubhouse Radio Premier League betting preview. Every week of the Premier League, we are here with the best betting insights, hints and tips for the week's matches. And I'm glad to say there's a, with us today, we have the former Liverpool striker Neil Mellor and the journalist John Bruin alongside me. Hello, gentlemen. We looking forward to this weekend, Neil? Always, Dave, and happy to be here alongside you both. It's going to be a busy one. Um, and obviously, there's a big match to look forward to. Uh, I think last time I was on, we called this a potential title decider. Well, this is the next title decider. Exactly. They come along like London buses. Uh, there's, there's, every weekend, there's a possible yeah. one. Uh, and what has been and continues to be a big week for Manchester City. Uh, that is the uh, the final game of the weekend as they go to Anfield. Uh, that is a 4.30 kickoff in the Premier League on Sunday. Uh, but we will start, as ever, on Saturday. Uh, Saturday lunchtime. Uh, but we'll go through the, the fixtures for Saturday. It's Manchester United, Everton, the, the lunchtime kickoff. Then it's Wolves, Newcastle, Burnley, Norwich, Chelsea, Southampton, and Leeds, Watford are your three o'clocks. And then Brighton against Arsenal is your tea time fancy uh, from the Amex. And then on Sunday, there are three kickoffs at two o'clock due to it being European week. You've got Spurs against Aston Villa, West Ham, Brentford, and Crystal Palace versus Leicester City. Uh, merely hors d'oeuvres for the Sunday dinner, stroke, lunch, whatever you want to call it, 4.30, uh, 4.30 uh, is Liverpool versus Manchester City. Uh, so let's kick off on the Saturday uh, lunchtime at Old Trafford, um, no longer a home fortress. United much better away from home these days, although we'll see about that. Uh, Manchester United against Rafa Benitez's Everton. Um, lots of narrative going on here. United struggling at home, uh, struggling generally. Uh, having been beaten in the Premier League uh, last time out by Aston Villa. And Everton, who picked themselves up after a tricky week to get themselves uh, a, a well-deserved, well-earned victory over Norwich City last week. They go to Old Trafford. Um, traditionally, John Bruin, Everton will travel to Manchester United, hand over the points before kickoff, and then just play out 90 minutes of an inevitable defeat. Um, is that going to happen this time? No, no, I think Rafa will fancy a heist job on this one. Uh, and why not, really? Um, Manchester United have a few injuries uh, in defence. And uh, if, if Luke, I mean, Harry Maguire isn't going to play, Luke Shaw is also a doubt. If those two are out, well, that's a big problem, isn't it, for Manchester United? Uh, they're the two key defenders. Um, and as I wouldn't say Everton have the most raise a sharp attack in the game, but I think that they can do them some damage. Um, I think uh, playing Norwich last week felt pretty kindly for, for Rafa. If he's trying to lift the spirits of his team, I think everyone's going to look on Norwich as, as that kind of opposition this season. But um, yeah, I can see uh, Everton coming away with a win from this one. I'm going to call that. Um, the doubts begin to circle around Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, don't they? Um, they weren't great against Aston Villa. The team doesn't fit together. And when key players start dropping out, that's a crisis point. Um, let's go for Everton. There you go. Uh, Neil Mellor, do you agree? Is this Manchester United side about to come apart at the seam? Or have we seen this all before with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer in that he will have times when his, his coaching ability is doubted uh, his ability to to pick up, uh, well, to form this team, well, a team from this squad, to go and actually challenge for titles. Uh, and yet somehow he just pulls it out of the bag maybe at the last minute. I'm not sure I could predict either of these teams to win. I'm not sure I want either of these teams to win. That's what my <laughs> Liverpool links would... Uh... Would suggest, but what I would say is Manchester United were never really in the title conversation until they signed Ronaldo. And then when they signed Ronaldo, I think a lot of people thought, well, he could be the man who, who perhaps uh, takes United to be on the level competing ground with City, with Liverpool, with Chelsea. But as we saw against um, Aston Villa last weekend, United are still a little bit short. And the whole penalty thing, I was I was surprised that Ronaldo didn't take it. I don't care how good Fernandez's record is, it's Cristiano Ronaldo 
Um, so, yes, they've had a Champions League game as well. And it's the one Wednesday night to Saturday morning, that early kickoff, which doesn't favour the sides playing in Europe. Not ideal for them. Everton fresher. The only doubt I have for Everton this weekend is which players will be back fit available. Will Richarlison be back into the starting lineup? Will Calvert Lewin be back? Will perhaps we see Gomez? And how fit is Dinya uh, from his performance? Because I'm not sure he was quite at full strength. Speaking to a few Everton fans, they were saying he's a key player. Wasn't great against Norwich. Got away with that one. Would need to be better against United. Prices on this one then. United very short still at home. 1.5. Uh, to win this uh, Everton are 6 4.05 the draw definite value in Everton going to Old Trafford you mentioned that uh, that that fixture uh, pile up for not really a pile up but it, it's one of those dodgy fixtures from from a Wednesday night to a, a Saturday lunchtime uh, we were told this wasn't going to happen anymore was it is it only Liverpool who've argued their way out of this are they going to start playing Saturday <laughs> nights instead of playing 12:30 uh, but United have got this lunchtime kickoff um they played early last week uh, because of the uh, the Cortinas gig at the at Old Trafford Cricket Ground around the corner. They had to play early, and it didn't go well for them then either. Um, let's have a look at some of the the other possibilities in this one. If we don't think, well, John, basically our, our Everton value looking at, at at six there. I mean that's that's reasonably big. I think that is good value. Um, if you run the classic uh, equation of you play that game five, six times over, can Everton win one of them? Well, yeah, you'd suggest so. Um, I suppose things to look at, I think we now decided that Cristiano Ronaldo might well take the penalty should one result. Um, so that's what that, that's definitely one in the book. And um, yeah, I just, I mean, you, you make a good point, Dave, that uh, Oli does have that ability. Uh, um, no one's quite sure how to pull the team away from th- these pressure points. But um, I don't know if th- that series of fixtures that they're facing uh, are the right time for them to do that. Um, Everton, it's a work in progress. I think it will probably remain a work in progress as long as Rafa's there, really. That's just the way he operates. Um, but I do think they've got the weaponry to, to hurt United, particularly with those uh, d- defensive issues and the fact that the midfield is so imbalanced. I mean, you've got Paul Pogba leading the, the assist record in the, in the Premier League. And yet, we couldn't really say that he's played that well this season. It's just, United are so topsy-turvy as a, as a proposition. Uh, Everton have scored at least twice in five of their last six matches in the Premier League. Uh, they are um, remarkably... Longer, I would say, to, to score twice at Old Trafford is, is a big thing to do, but they are four to score over 1.5 goals away at Old Trafford. Um, not without the realms of possibility, you'd have to say that. Um, Neil, uh, how are we looking at this? Are you, are you thinking that the value is in Everton, but maybe United just have enough? And I think you're going to be on the fence and look for a draw here, aren't you? Yeah, well, I'm looking thinking. I can't see either keeping a clean sheet, so I fancy both teams to score. And I just think with the whole story last weekend with Ronaldo not taking the penalty, I think Ronaldo will get himself a goal at Old Trafford. I don't see him going too many games at Old Trafford without scoring. I don't see him going to uh, in the league. So uh, I fancy Ronaldo to score, both teams to score. If it's a draw, I won't be too disappointed. A very short Cristiano Ronaldo, 1.83 any time, less than even money. A 3.5 first goal, uh, 3.5 last goal. Bruno Fernandes is five first goal at any time, 2.5. Looking down the list, the first of the Everton strikers to come in is Dominic Calvert-Lewin. If he is fit, we'll see. If he is available, seven first goal. Uh, Solomon Rondon at eight first goal. And uh, Richarlison at nine first goals. So possibilities. Damari Gray's play well for Everton this season. He's 11 first goal and 4.5 any time. Uh, just looking at those um, draw... Oh, no, both teams to score is 1.95. So it's a, a smidgen under even money. And if you like some of the specials, um, talking about the match times goals, then you can have both teams to score and over two and a half goals is 2.3. Uh, both teams to score and no draw is 2.45 and the um, the tie and over one and a half goals that brings pretty much any any score draw in um, is 15 if you like that on the over and the under um, there's lots of other ways in but we just don't really think that either 
either are capable of keeping clean sheets. I suppose it's uh, with Everton, it's about it's about getting players back in, isn't it, John? And and seeing how they can come back in together because when when they were short of players the other week, it did not look good when they um, basically fell apart in in what was an, an even game against Aston Villa. But once the first goal went in, it was all it was all done. Well, we've seen, haven't we, that Aston Villa are a decent team, and uh, you know, Rafa is someone who likes to have a considerably uh, he likes to have a, a, a big squad. Um, and uh, if he's in the usual mode, you would have expect that he's already nagging uh, the owners and the sporting director about maybe getting a few numbers in there, having having seen that happen. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, Everton's first team, I think, uh, such as it is, is strong. Uh, when they lose players, uh, it's that's when they begin to run into problems. Um, and you've also pretty much got to say the same for United in those key positions as well. The tie with goal score draw is 6.25. I think um, I'd probably put my money on that, Neil. Yeah, I'd be more tempted to go on the draw more so than, than at Everton. Very good. That is Manchester United against Everton. Uh, should be an interesting way to kick off uh, this weekend in the Premier League. We move to the three o'clock kickoffs on the Saturday and we'll concentrate on one uh, which we think is more intriguing than maybe maybe others. Maybe we'll be tripped up by that. But in, in the same way, we'll have a look at uh, one of these games at the three o'clock on Saturday and that is Leeds against Watford. Uh, Bielsa Ball, uh, Neil Meller, is it is it coming to an end? Are, are, are we again... Uh, writing our obituaries too soon for the, the style and and basically points-gathering possibilities of Beelzebul. It still looks good, but it's not exactly picking up too many wins. No, no, they haven't started well, have they? Um, they are in the bottom three. I think people are suggesting that Leeds are going to struggle this season. What I would say with Leeds is we haven't seen them at full strength enough this season. I think they've been missing key players too often. I think they've had three centre-halves out, certainly last weekend against West Ham. One of them, Stroik, I think he's back from his suspension for this one, which is a huge boost for them. I'm not sure Ailing is back for this one, but again, he's an important player for how Leeds like to play. And of course, Bamford missed that big game last weekend against West Ham. I know Rafinha scored, but again, they were suggesting he wasn't quite 100%. The thing with Leeds is, they'll play open and it'll be great to watch, but if they've not got those key players out there, then they're not going to pick up the results. And I think that's what we're seeing so far. Once we start seeing key players back, I'm expecting Leeds to pick up more results than they have been. Uh, just looking at the betting on this one, Leeds 1.74, which again opens the door for me, really, for Watford at 4.05 and the draw at 3.75. Uh, John Leeds um, facing West Ham last week. Again, a different proposition, really, to Watford, but in the same way, they... They, they had the lead in that game and then looked like they, they tired and, and West Ham overwhelmed them at the end and, and, and got the victory. Um, can Watford do the same? I know you saw them at the weekend. Yeah, I I, I don't think uh, that was a great Watford performance last week. Um, let's be fair about this. Newcastle really should have won that game. Having said that, almost for the very last kick of the game, uh, Josh King missed a header that could have won the game for Watford. Um I think the issue for Watford against a team even as leaky uh, as, as Leeds, I think uh, only Newcastle uh, scored, conceded 15 goal, 14 goals the same as Leeds. So uh, that spells it being leaky, doesn't it? Um, I think Watford, you know, we've discussed this before. I, I think there's a, there's a lack of quality there. There's a lack of quality up front. Um, you're relying on Saar to provide the inspiration. Now, You'd expect that Leeds will grant him a bit of space because they play so open. Well, that that could open chances. Um, Josh King's got a long way to go to look anything back to the former that he showed when he was at Bournemouth. Um, I think this could be the chance for, for, for Leeds to get a first win. Um, the problem is, fully enough, as many as they concede, they don't score enough. That's the problem because they play that, that very attacking style and yet... Uh, Bamford is, when he does play, is pretty much isolated up front. You know, you've got your players running off him, but he has to do a heck of a job up front. And only him and Rafinha have scored this season for Leeds. Um, it's not been great for them. Uh, I know that the Leeds fans don't like th this idea that maybe uh, Bielsa has um, 
maybe ticked on a little a bit longer than he normally does. In fact, he's been at the club longer than he's been at any club now, I think, at this point. Um, so let's see. <laughs> the problem with that Leeds have, of course, uh, just thinking beyond this game, just briefly, is should they get rid of Bielsa or Bielsa walk away or whatever, how do you unpick uh, a team which Marcello Bielsa's put together? I don't know. So I do think that as long as he wants to stay, he will stay. Um, but I, and I, I would fa- I would fancy that they fancy getting past Watford because um, they've had a few moments this season. They there is in Sar some quality within the team, but they're beatable, I would say. And as I said last week, pretty lucky to get away with it. Uh, the over two and a half goals has uh, landed pretty regularly. In fact, in the last five home games for Leeds in the Premier League, uh, but they have failed to win their last six, as we mentioned, um, and they've conceded at least two in their last three home matches. They are incredibly open, Neil, and having the crowd back in at the start of the season was seen as a massive bonus, not just for everybody, but but, the, but Leeds in particular. It did feel like there was going to be the the sway at Elland Road. Um, We've not really seen that this season. Maybe the games that they've had, Liverpool went there and dominated with the way that it was so open. Could it start to turn a little bit? I mean, the fa- the fans have been so behind Bielsa while watching them on TV. Actually seeing them giving up so much opportunity to opposition sides in the flesh, that crowd could turn. Not yet. I, th- I think I still think it's very, very early on in the season. Um, I think against West Ham, we mentioned about all the players they were missing, but West Ham had to get a last-minute winner before they could eventually beat Leeds against Everton. I thought the fans made a big difference in that game when they did draw the game. I think they, they, they expected probably nothing less against Liverpool in that one. And even the top sides, when they go there, anything would be a bonus. Now, they, Watford are not a top side, so there will be an air of expectation from the fans that they will be getting something from this game. That first victory of the season will be certainly um, looking more likely for this fixture. For me, I'm going to, I'd probably wait for the team sheet to come because I'm thinking if Bamford's on there, if Stroke's back in the starting lineup, maybe if Ailing's back in there as well, all of a sudden it's looking a lot stronger for Leeds United. I actually fancy a name which I've not mentioned there to get his first Leeds United goal Dan James. He got brought off at half-time against West Ham. Not sure if he's going to be fit, but if he is, I'd uh, I'd fancy him to get a goal. Okay, Uh, Daniel James then uh, is 7.5 first goal, 3.3 any time. We've mentioned Ismail Assar, who seems to be the man in form for Watford. Uh, He's 8 first goal, 3.5 any time. Bamford leads the market, 4.35 first goal and 2.15 any time. And then the likes of Rafinha, we mentioned 6 first goal and 2.9 any time. I think um, we're pretty much agreed that we're looking at goals in this one. Over two and a half is very short at 1.66. You can have both teams to score and over two and a half goals at even money. That's two uh, on the console. Uh, both teams to score and somebody winning. Both teams to score, no draw is 2.2. And the both teams to score in both halves is, is short at 8.25. Um, we're edging towards a, a, a lead victory, would you say, Neil? This is This is the one. John, would you agree? This is, this is the one. This is the one. I'm thinking yeah. Leeds are going to get that first victory for me, yeah. Okay, Leeds win I, and over two and a half goals is 2.5. I think there's goals in it, John. Yes, I do. Uh, just one whisper I heard the other day was that uh, the Leeds players find it difficult to play with fans because they can't hear each other and they can't hear the exhortations of Marcello Bielsa. So, um, interesting how these things work out, isn't it? So, so maybe if, if, if Watford quieting down the crowd that could play into the hands of Leeds, you know. Uh, funny old game, as uh, someone recently deceased said. Um, yes, uh, Leeds to win this with both teams to score, I can see that. Um, I think what Watford have the vulnerabilities and that lack of inspiration as well. If, the, I suppose the issue is if the manager Zisco retreats, I think teams have learned to pick off Leeds a little bit. If you go toe-to-toe with them, and you're a good team, you'll probably beat them. Uh, if you're a, a team uh, with of lesser talent, then you dig in and then you pick your moment, don't you? So you can't really rule out what, for, but I do fancy Leeds for this one. Well, Leeds to win and both teams to score is 3.25. But if you fancy what happened last week uh, to Leeds to, uh, to uh, lose a lead and lose the game, uh, it's Watford at 14 to win from behind. Leeds are 7.5 to do just that. That's Leeds against Watford, our pick of the three o'clocks in the Premier League on Saturday. Let's have a quick look around the rest 
of the kickoffs at that time. Uh, Wolves against Newcastle. Um, again, I go to John for this one because he saw Newcastle last week. Do you think they can they can beat a Wolves side who um, finally managed to get a goal for their striker? Um, but with Raul Jimenez getting on the score sheet, is will the floodgates now open, or is that just the issue that they've got all season, which is they cannot hit the back of the net? Well, I think that is the issue. Yeah, I mean, the problem was that even when Jimenez was in form, not enough of the players scored enough goals, and obviously Jota was sold to, to Liverpool. In any case, um, yeah, I, I think Newcastle will find Wolves a slight a, a, a tougher proposition. Uh, than Watford, um, they will regret the poor finishing. There's a chance at the end of that game. Uh, Dwight Gale, I think it was, going through. And uh, I, I have listen, I am not a, a, a former striker like Neil, um, but uh, I, that wouldn't have been my choice of action uh, when running through, let's put it that way. Um, and uh, Sean Longstaff uh, did score a great goal, but could have scored a few others as well. Um, Having said that, I do think that Steve Bruce should be targeting matches like this because Wolves are not as good as they were in the, in the sort of Nuno golden days um, and they can they can pick them off again by perhaps not being so... Uh, I, I was surprised to see them playing on the front foot and digging in towards the end of the game. I think they'll probably dig in from the start because Wolves will dominate possession because they're very strong in midfield. Um, I have to say, I fancy another Newcastle draw from this one, which I think Steve Bruce will be happy with. Uh, unfortunately, the fans won't be happy because, well, they never are. <laughs> the last four meetings between these two sides have been 1-1, uh, which might yes. well fit in very nicely. Uh, two home, two away for either side. Uh, and One apiece. Um, Neil, quickly, would you agree with that? Newcastle can just do enough to get a point here or, or maybe a bit more? Can't see much between it, can you? And, and like you say, it's been 1-1 most recent games. I think that Jimenez goal was massive for Wolves and for him. And I just think, because he's got that first goal, he may well go on a little bit of a run. So I fancy Jimenez to score and Wolves to be better than they were against Brentford at home and get the victory. But a very, very narrow victory. Uh, they don't score many goals at home, or at least get involved in any... Uh, Six goal, seven goal thrillers at home with Wolves at the moment. Under two and a half goals in the last six for Wolves in the league. They've lost the last four at home uh, and not scored in uh, their last three home matches either. But then Newcastle is six without a win as well. It is the uh, two bald men fighting over a comb kind of thing in this weekend's Premier League. Let's quickly move on. Um, actually, just quick, quickly give you that price on 1 1 if I can find that one well. While we're here, the uh, mentioned the under two and a half goals is 1.9. Uh, the outright score, seeing as it's always been 1-1, is 7.5. And why not go for a, a five-timer there of uh, one-all draws? Uh, moving on then quickly at the three o'clock kickoffs, uh, we've got Burnley against Norwich. Um, Neil Mellor, is it fair to say, or it might not be, that at some point Norwich will win a game? But the point is, can you find a team that they'll beat? Well, I had to look when the last time they won away in the Premier League, and I found that team, it was Everton. Uh, so that's one away win, I've got it, in five years in the Premier League. Now, we know they spent a couple of wow. them out of the league, but it's not great. Uh, and you're looking at Norwich, the way they play, and you're thinking, where, where are they going to get a result from? They can't lose every game. But eventually they are going to nick something, whether it's a draw or a win. Maybe this is the one. Burnley got a cracking result last weekend away at Leicester. I think they'll be pleased with that 2-2. Um, draw, but they haven't won a game either this season, so they'll identify this one as we've got to get our first win, surely against Norwich. They can't buy themselves a win. Um, it's not going to be pleasant, I'll be honest. This is probably the last game I'll be watching in a highlights package at the end of the weekend. Uh, don't expect it to be spectacular, but I do, I do think Norwich will get something. They cannot keep losing. I mean, they can, but um, <laughs> I know they can't. At some point, somebody's got to give. Burnley, John, not won any of the last 13 at home. Yes. I mean, Fortress Turf Moor, it's not a happy place. It, yeah, it's not been Fortress Turf Moor for a long time, has it? Um, it, it yeah, I, 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 I agree with Neil. Uh, something might have to, well, some, Something might have to give for Norwich at this point. I'm not sure it will be at Burnley, though. Um but ultimately, uh, I think these are two teams that I expect to be in the bottom three at the end of the season. I think Burnley's mm. time might have come. 
uh, after all this. Oh, he's called it. He's he's done it again. Oh, oh, you can't do that in September. Well, it's always the same. That's what they do. Well, it is what they do, uh, and they are suited to uh, the. Uh, let's put it this way. Actually, if if this game uh, has a lot of wind involved in it, then uh, I'm going to back Burnley because there is no team perhaps better in world football <laughs> playing in, in windy conditions than Burnley. If the winds let... There is to be some kind of hurricane hitting at the weekend, isn't there? Yes, that's it. I don't know if you've, if you've had a bit of a forecast. Yeah, it, Saturday does not look yeah, great. If Hurricane Ethel descends on uh, on, <laughs> on Turf Moor, then uh, get get your bank on Burnley, I would say. Um, yeah, yeah, yes, they are, they are a team suited to the more wintry conditions. Let's put it that a bit more politely. Um, uh, but Norwich... Uh, are not a sunshine uh, team in the Premier League in in, in in any conditions, let's say. Um, again, with Burnley, where are the goals coming from? That's the issue there, isn't it? Um, and the same goes for Norwich. Um, like Neil, I will not be rushing to the highlights package of this one. Difficult one to call. I'd have to call a home win just to break that Sean Dyche duck. But I don't do that with any great confidence, I must say. Uh, well, Norwich have been losing at half-time and at full-time in something like uh, seven of the last nine away games. They have just given up in the first half and it's not happened. They well, might just hold out till half-time on this one, I think, with a Burnley side, as you say, who are struggling to score. Uh, the draw uh, draw Burnley, tie Burnley in the half-time, full-time is 4.75. If you think it will go as, as it always has done, Burnley, Burnley is a very short 2.95. Um, again, another one, which um, we'll see what the what the tornado does to it when it hits it on Saturday. Burnley against Norwich is one of the other three o'clock kickoffs. 1.83 Burnley, Norwich a four on the outright, and 3.45 the draw. We think just Burnley will grab something in that one. Um, the other games at three o'clock. Well, the other one is uh, Chelsea against Southampton, and um, we'll see what their if it is a European hangover, but also for Southampton, it's a game going to Chelsea. Um, and Neil, will they just aim to do what they did away at City and, and try and grab a point and, and almost play play them at their own game as they, they pressurised City all over the pitch that day and City only had one shot on target in the 91st minute? Southampton would be delighted with a point, uh, but it just doesn't look likely, does it? I mean, their away form is dreadful. We mentioned about Norwich as being dreadful. They've got one away win in 2021 in the Premier League. That was at Sheffield United, who, of course, as we know, got relegated last season. Chelsea, Chelsea have got a tough Champions League game, of course, before that game against Juventus. So it'd be a case of how they recover from that. The squad is, is one of the biggest uh, in the... Um, in the Premier League, Kante's got COVID, of course, so he will miss the game uh, for this one. But Chelsea, having been beaten against Man City, will be looking to respond with a comfortable home victory. And I think they will get it against Southampton. It was uh, quite an exciting one this time uh, last year, uh, 17th of October last year. It was a three-all draw at Stamford Bridge. Half-time, Chelsea were leading by two goals to one. Um, and it was a 90-plus one Yannick Vestergaard equaliser for the Saints, um, but also Danny Ings was playing for them that day. Um, they're, yeah. they're a vastly, not vastly different side, but they just seem to have had the wind taken out of their sail. Well, I say that, Southampton haven't been good for a long time, have they? What are we talking about? Well, I think around that point, though, it wasn't far off when they were pushing towards the top of the table. And of course, those were the days of Frank Lampard's entertainers. Well, they were entertaining for everybody else to watch, apart from Chelsea fans, I think. Um and of course, yeah, but both teams have changed a great deal. Chelsea were disappointing last week, weren't they, against Manchester City? Strangled a little bit. Um, a lot of talk about, you know, tactics, Tom Tuchel and these, you know, very, but it was actually quite route one, really. The problem they've got, I suppose, is with having Lukaku in the team is that it can turn a little one-dimensional. Why wouldn't you use a player as, as useful as that? Um I'm not quite sure that him and Timo Werner have struck up the, the best understanding as of yet. Having said that, uh, I would be surprised if Southampton pulled off the you know a repeat of what they did up at City. Um, I suppose the thing that you would say is that th- those teams at the top um, are perhaps a little more vulnerable to to those t- types of results than in previous seasons um, due to tiredness and several of the factors and, you know, the novelty of having fans back in the stadium and all that. Um, 
but can I see Saints coming away with a nil-nil? Not really. Um, you know, uh, since since that City game, I think they've lost Jack Stevens, who'd come through for them pretty well in replacing Vestergaard. Um, and the Southampton aren't really a team that could afford to lose key players like that. Um, he's been accused of being a bit of a flat-track bully, um, Neil Miller, but is this one for Lukaku where he'll be uh, licking his lips and thinking, a few more goals for me here in the Premier League? Thinking match ball, isn't he? Thinking definitely could get myself a hat trick uh, for this one. Uh, interesting because Tuchel's not lost back to back games in the Premier League. As they lost to Man City, last time they lost at home in the Premier League was five two to West Brom. You remember the next home game? They played Brighton and it was nil nil. There's no way this one's going to be nil nil surely against Southampton. <laughs> Southampton last weekend against Wolves. When you're chasing an equalising goal, they turn to the bench. And they brought brought on Shane Long. That is the reality of where Southampton are, unfortunately, at the moment. They don't have the firepower. Um, I don't think they'll concede loads of goals, but I just don't see them uh, scoring enough goals. So for me, Southampton don't score. Chelsea win to zero. Let's get a Lukaku hat-trick bet going. 15 is your quite short hat-trick price for Romelu Lukaku. Uh, 4.3 for two or more. And to score first or last is 2.05. Just the first goal is 3.25. Uh, you mentioned the winter nil there, making me work. Making me work. Chelsea, uh, 2.2 to win to nil. Uh, and you can actually put a Lukaku... Let's put Lukaku through all of this. Lukaku to score a header is six. Uh, to score in, in a win is 2.1, which isn't too far off. Actually, Chelsea winning to nil, 2.2. Uh, and the outrights on this anyway... Uh, as we move on to the 5.30 kickoff, is 1.36 for Chelsea at home. The draw is 4.75, and Southampton are longish at 7.75. And that rounds up the 3 o'clock kickoffs on Saturday afternoon in the Premier League. Coming up next, we'll go to the tea time kickoff, and it's an absolute... Well, yeah, this is an interesting one. I'm not going to get to Corker just yet, but why not? Uh, Brighton against Arsenal. That's coming up next. <laughs> The tea time kickoff at 5.30 in the Premier League is Brighton against Arsenal. A resurgent Arsenal. Uh, now after um, dispatching Tottenham, as most teams do, but they are now being talked of as oh, top six candidates. They could win the league, this Arsenal side, the way that they're playing. Um, that's pretty much the way the Premier League goes, isn't it? Um, one week you're, uh, you're absolutely down, down in the dumps, in fact, bottom of the table, and, and Arsenal back on it. Um but a trip to high-flying Brighton, who could have got themselves top of the league on Monday, um, might be the test that they don't want just yet, John Bruin. What do we think about uh, Arsenal's uh, resurgence? And do we ignore the fact that they beat Tottenham? I don't, I, I don't think you can ignore the fact that Tottenham were the opposition last week. Um, there's a club uh, with undergoing something of a crisis who played absolutely into the hands of a team whose strength lies in the speed of thought and movement of their attackers. Um, I don't think Graham Potter uh, will be leaving the back door quite as open as Nuno did last week. Um, one thing to say about Brighton, uh, they appear to have a penchant for the late goal, uh, obviously, uh, Neil Mope. And then a couple of weeks before that, Leandro Trossard scored at Brentford. Uh, I, I've banged this drum repeatedly about um, Graham Potter. I think he's a very good manager of the substitutes bench and of uh, managing a game late on. I'm not always sure that he gets the selection right from the start, but I think he's very good at watching the patterns of play. Um, and uh, I've always thought Brighton to score late on is, is not a bad little bet, really, because I just think that... He, he, he's a uh, very analytical mind as a manager and knows what his players can produce. And Arsenal certainly don't have a watertight defence despite, uh, uh, you know, their recent revival. Um, it would be very Arsenal to lose this game. Um, I suppose one player, if, 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 he, if he should be fit, and that's never a guarantee, Danny Welbeck against his old club uh, might be someone. Uh, and then of course, Neil Mopé is finally you would suggest finding a bit of form. I uh, saw so him play two, three weeks ago and he didn't really feature, but he does seem to be coming into form. Um, the impression I get is that playing for Graham Potter, it takes a while to fit into the system, but we are seeing 
slowly but surely uh, the makings of uh, a good manager and a good team. If things had gone slightly different for uh, Arsenal over the next couple of weeks, we could be looking at this uh, in which Arsenal were playing a team a, a match against their next manager, such as Graham Potter's uh, growing reputation. But Arteta survives for now. I'm not sure that he'll come away with a win from this game because I think uh, Graham Potter will have a plan. Uh, so I tend to favour either a Brighton win or a draw from this one. Uh, the double chance for Brighton or the draw is 1.54. Uh, the outright for Brighton is 2.9. The draw is 3.1. And Arsenal are the favourites for this at 2.4. The table wouldn't suggest that, Neil. But do you think Arsenal have enough to go to Brighton and get the win? They're in form. You know, at the two sides, looking at that, saying that Arsenal are certainly more informed. Three victories in a row. Um, you know, like you say, it was all doom and gloom at Arsenal, thinking, cool, they could be going down at one point. Now, all of a sudden, they've won three in a row and people are thinking they might get back into a European place. I thought Brighton were fortunate against Palace, I have to be honest, to get a point. Palace should have had the game won by the time Brighton got that equalising goal, but they stayed in the game and eventually did find an equaliser. Well, Beck, can you believe it, was an ex-teammate of mine. Um, so maybe I'm not as old as some people might think. Danny <laughs> Welbeck was a teammate of mine at Preston North. End. kept me out of the team, but uh, I'm not sure he will play. It looked like he went off with an injury, didn't it? Yeah. Against Crystal yeah. Palace. It Where always does, bit... though, to be fair, doesn't yes. it? Yes. Whenever he goes, yeah. It generally is an injury as well. He's been so unlucky, hasn't he, in his career? I don't speak badly of an ex-teammate of mine. What a great lad he is. Um, so, yes, he will be up for the game. If he does feature Ben White, of course, ex-Arsenal will be up for the game. I just look at Arsenal and I'm looking at the team and thinking, yeah, fancy them if they perform on their day. I, th- I like Partey. I think he's a massive addition to what wasn't a great midfield, if I'm being honest, at Arsenal. Partey coming back in, strengthens that, and then gives the licence for Saka, Smith-Rowe or Bamiang, Odegaard then to be able to, to create more chances, which I think Arsenal have been doing. So I actually think I, I fancy Arsenal in this one. No European game for Arsenal, so they will be fresh and raring to go to continue from that win against Spurs. Uh, some of the goal scorers we've spoken about, Neil Mopai, 6.5, first goal, 3.3 any time. I thought he was good talking to Thierry Henry after the game. Um, uh, he's talking to his hero, you know, he went a bit wobbly at the knees when he was talking to Thierry Henry. Uh, Aubameyang and Lacazette, 4.5, first goal, uh, 2.6 any time for Aubameyang, 2.5 for Lacazette. Um, and then it's the, some interesting players. Odegaard we saw with a great free kick at Burnley at 9.5 first goal and 4.35 anytime. Emil Smith Rowe again, 9.5 first goal and 4.35 uh, anytime as well. Looking at generally, if we're looking at, um, in fact, there was the late goals thing you were talking about there, wasn't there, John? Which I think is 2.05 for a goal, any goal from 76 onwards to full-time uh, late goals in Brighton games. And if you're following this one in the clubhouse, don't forget that um, you can you can get involved on the chat there and let, let, let them know. I'm sure they'll be telling you as well that Brighton score late goals and there will be those kind of markets late on in play on sportsbet.io on the console right here. That is Brighton against Arsenal. And that's, the, uh, that's a Saturday done with. Uh, next up, we'll talk Sunday and one of the biggest games of the season. Don't forget you can follow every second of every Premier League game and every Champions League game with Clubhouse Radio this season. Find the link at the bottom of the screen. I'm sure you pressed it to listen to this. And listen along as you watch the game and get involved on sportsbep.io in the Clubhouse with Clubhouse Radio. Now to Sunday. We'll uh, whiz through the three Sunday 2 o'clock kickoffs because uh, it is a Europa League week as well. So don't forget we've got those extra games on a Sunday. Uh, we've got Tottenham Villa, West Ham, Brentford and Crystal Palace versus Leicester before we get underway with the big game of the day at 4.30 at Anfield. Um, let's start with um, a very intriguing game um, and Tottenham against Aston Villa, Neil Mellor. Can Tottenham continue to be as bad as this? Can they continue to ship three goals every single game? And can Villa continue to look like this, the kind of team who could replace them in the top four? I'm going to say in the top four 
or top six at least. <laughs> yeah, no, no I, I look at this one, and like you say, I think Villa are a better side than Spurs. And and the way things have started, I wouldn't be surprised if Villa were to, to finish above Spurs. Now, I know there's a long way to go. Spurs have lost three in a row. They've got a Europa League. Well, they're starting Europa League. What is it called? The Europa in League the conference. Shields. GM Vauxhall never... Europa Conference. Yeah. <laughs> but... do, you know, do you know what's embarrassing? I pride myself on, on having good knowledge of certain football teams. I've never even heard of the opposition that Spurs are playing against. N.S. Mora. Uh, and, and I apologise to any fans out there who have heard of them, um, but I've never heard of them. So that's who they're playing on Thursday. I thought he actually played up front for Tottenham. Yeah. Though, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's his dad's late. team, yeah. But, okay. <laughs> but, but but Villa Villa aside, I think from a neutral point of view, who are, are quite good to watch. Yeah. You know, they've won two in a row. They got that great result last weekend against Man United. Does Twan Zabi come back into the team? Because the lad who took his place scored the winner. I know he conceded a penalty, Courtney Hawes, but does he did he change a team that goes to Old Trafford and win? I don't think they do. Buendia was on the bench, came off the bench, really like Buendia. Like Kings, like I said, there's a lot of excitement within the Villa team and there just isn't there at Tottenham when I watch them. Harry Kane's there, but he's just out of sorts and so are the, pretty much the whole team at the moment. Uh, John Aston Villa have brought in uh, set piece specialist for Micheland, which is very much the hipster thing yeah, to do yeah. these days. Three point two five Aston Villa, three point three five the draw. Tottenham two point one to win at home, above even money uh, to win at home, and quite rightly too because they've they've shipped three goals uh, quite regularly in the last few weeks. Um, Villa at three point two five is a simple standout bet for me this weekend. I don't, I don't see how Villa don't go to Tottenham and get it. At, at least a draw. Yeah, I got to agree with you there, Dave. Looked when I looked over these, Villa beating Spurs looks eminently predictable, doesn't it? Um, for, for many of the reasons that that Neil went through, um, I saw Villa playing the Carabao Cup last week. Now, obviously, it was a um, it was an understrength team, but there's a lot of talent in that squad, uh, and Dean Smith slowly but surely, and obviously with the Jack Grealish money has constructed a decent outfit. Um, no no signings are too spectacular, though Buendia might actually turn out to be one, as Neil suggested. Um, and they're actually showing Tottenham uh, how it's done, really, uh, because I think we can probably agree that uh, after having such a, a good squad and a, a good team ethic two years ago, uh, these things are really quite easily taken apart, aren't they? And that's the problem at Tottenham is that it's almost like the end of the empire for them. So, yeah, Villa for me to win this, um, I would just take the odds straight out as uh, the win on that, to be quite honest with you. Yeah, it feels like the traders are slightly underestimating Aston Villa uh, and continue to do so um, as the top of the goal-scoring market is... um, There's Harry Kane. Danny Ings is there at 4.5, second favourite. Then Son Heung-min... And uh, before Ollie Watkins, there's Dane Scarlett for Tottenham, uh, who is captain material. Um, I'll continue with that gag until it actually happens. <laughs> um, there's Ollie Watkins at 6.5, 3.1 anytime. Um, and then going down to the likes of Bertrand Traore at 10 first goal, 4.5 anytime. El Ghazi is 9 first goal. Um, Neil, just quickly, I thought late on in that game, I know it was done and dusted really at the North London derby, but when Brian Hill came on, uh, he looked like a bit of a spark um, and he will only grow into that Tottenham side as long as he gets the, the chance to do so. And he gets some players around him able to kind of work with him. But 10 first goal, 4.5 any time. It, it looks like they're only kind of shining light to rescue the season. And that's a lot of pressure on him. Yeah, not many shining lights There's, is there, there at all. I just don't think Nuno knows his best team at the moment. Um, not getting the most out of Harry Kane. The Harry Kane-Son link isn't there what it was last season. I mean, with those players, you're thinking they carry a threat, but they're not playing at the levels we've seen. So Villa will be mindful of that. So I would never rule out Tottenham scoring, but I just think Villa are, are a better team at the moment than Spurs. So I fancy Villa to win. Maybe both teams are scoring this one. Elsewhere on Sunday, West Ham against Brentford. Uh, West Ham 1.8, Brentford 4.45. The draw is 3.4. This could be uh, one of the best London derbies. Well, has not been played very often in recent years, but one of the best that we've seen this season particularly. Uh, John, West Ham looks strong. Brentford look excited. Yeah, yeah. Uh, (laughs) that that 3-0 game last week was hugely entertaining, wasn't it? And Brentford played their part in it. And every time I've seen them, they have been exciting to watch and, uh, you know, certain teams come up to the 
Premier League and decide to dig in and others decide that they're going to stick to their guns and entertain. And um, it's the energy within that team, isn't, isn't it? Uh, I suppose one thing you might say is that West Ham uh, have started, again, another of those teams that tends to show late on in games, obviously did that against Leeds. It's whether they um, allow Brentford to run themselves into the ground, as I saw them do against Brighton a few weeks ago, and then pick them off from there. Um, obviously, the man of the moment is Mikel Antonio, um, and uh, you would have to have a look at him. Um, uh, you know, a, a South London geezer himself, uh, South West London. So, you know, it's uh, it, it looks to me like a West Ham win. Uh, I think the odds seem just about right for me. Um, but I would also perhaps expect Brentford to get a goal from this. So maybe both teams to score out of this one. Uh, you can have both teams to score at 1.8. Oh, no, that's, that's my that's my Burnley look. Let's go down the actual ones. Uh, both, both teams have got... It's 1.8. done a David Cameron there, haven't you? But, uh... Yeah, they just... Well... <laughs> Claret blue. It does. It, it, it gets in the way. Um, one point eight three for both teams to score. No is one point nine five. Uh, first goal. West Ham one point six two. Brentford at two point eight. Brentford to get something. The tie or Brentford is just over even money at two point zero five. Quickly, Neil. Do you think Brentford can can grab a point or three from the London Stadium? If they play like they did against Liverpool, yeah, yeah, really impressed with how they went about things, the bravery, how many players they put forward. I would fancy them to score if they do have that attacking intent. Again, how will West Ham recover from their Europa League game? Did get a good win against Leeds United. Um, I can see this one being a little bit similar to West Ham's 2-2 draw with Palace, where there's not a great deal between the two sides in terms of, um, of the final score. So I think West Ham should have enough. But the way Brentford played last week, I just couldn't rule it out being a score draw. A West Ham win and both teams to score is 3.9. The score draw, the tie with goals is 5.25. That's definitely one to watch in play uh, with the Clubhouse guys on Clubhouse Radio here on sportsbet.io. The last two o'clock kickoff on Sunday is uh, Crystal Palace at home to Leicester Palace. Very, very, well, they had it in the bag, didn't they? Let's face it, until the last kick of the game. Just kick it anywhere, anywhere, anywhere but there uh, for the goalkeeper. Uh, And Leicester City uh, have got uh, European action in midweek. And they go to Crystal Palace. Uh, Let's have a look at the the prices for this one then at Selhurst Park. What will be, once again, a rowdy Selhurst Park. Crystal Palace, three to beat Leicester, who are 2.25. The draw is 3.3. Neil, should Leicester be favourites for this or... Uh, a Palace capable, as they've shown in, in recent weeks, without getting maybe what they deserved on Monday. And probably at Anfield as well, you might say, that they could have yeah. got something out of that. Yeah, Palace are, are a good side. I've enjoyed watching them this season. I think with Leicester playing away at Legia Warsaw, that is not the sort of Europa League game you want ahead of a tough uh, Premier League game, which is what this is. Palace will feel aggrieved that they didn't win the game against Brighton. How did IU not score that chance at 1-0? What a chance that was to seal it. Um, yeah, I, I think the Palace fans will, will be up for this one. And this is a really tough game for Leicester. I think if they get a point, I think Leicester would take it now because I, I see Palace going all out for this one and getting the victory. Uh, Jamie Vardy scored at both ends uh, last weekend, John. Um, I, I, I wrote off. him off last... Yeah, I wrote him off. And he scored, you did. He scored three yeah. goals last time. Yeah, OK. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, never rule out Jamie Vardy is one of the lessons in life that I never learned. So, um, yeah. Uh, yes, I, I, I think Palace have surprised me as well this season. Um, Patrick Vieira has the command of a very uh, interesting squad with a lot of attacking talent. Um, and they're also, you know, with the greatest respect to Roy Hodgson, a much more interesting team to watch than they have been for the last four or five years. Um, and, you know, again, Leicester are an attacking outfit as well. So I fancy a few goals in this one. Um, I think Leicester's problem this season has been defending um, and uh, you know maybe that extra Europa League burden has counted against them a little bit um, I think Brendan for the first time since he's been at, at Leicester is perhaps struggling a little bit to, to get what he needs from his team and normally at this part of the season that they're doing a little better than now. Um, Patrick Vieira I would imagine might fancy this one um, but uh, a score draw is the one that I possibly favour. 
Okay. Uh, I had it all right, right there for a Crystal Palace victory, but we're going to go with the with the, the score draw. Uh, let's find what that is. Uh, the tie with goals 4.75. Crystal Palace to win and both teams to score is 6. Uh, Leicester to win and both to score is 4.5. Um, quickly, Neil, is, is, how are you seeing this? Is just a, a, a Leicester to nick it or Palace actually to take all three points? Palace unbeaten at home. That to continue. They've only conceded one, which was that 95th minute equaliser against Malpe. I fancy Palace to get the victory. Zaha scored against Leicester both games last season. Fancy Zaha to get himself a goal again. Very nice indeed. Let's get yeah. you that goal score. Uh, that's a good shout. On Wilf Zaha, six first goal, 3.1 any time. And you can have uh, a Zaha. Let's find the Zaha victory. I've given myself something to look for now uh, in the players' market. If you scroll along the top, talking my way through it, uh, you've got the goal scorer markets. Uh, Zaha to score two is sixteen. Um, I'm not sure we've got Zaha to score and a win, but that will be in play. You'll be able to find that uh, for Wolf Zaha to to score and for. Crystal Palace to win as well, closer to the time. So keep an eye on sportsbet.io. That's the two o'clock kickoffs on Sunday. Uh, next up, it is the big game of the weekend, the big game of several weekends. The final game of the Premier League this weekend is an absolutely huge match at Anfield. It's Liverpool against Manchester City. Uh, both uh, feeling as if they are and. Let's face it, they are title contenders uh, for this season. And it's uh, Liverpool who are going into this on the back of a, an excellent victory away in Porto, as tends to happen. They're the only team that scores in Porto these days uh, with a 5-1 win. Uh, thankfully, down to their goalkeeper, uh, Porto, who seems to have got him out of the car park and put him in, in the sticks. Uh, Liverpool, 2.75. They are not the favourites for this game. City coming into it off the back of a defeat at PSG. 2.35, the favourites to win at Anfield. The draw is 3.4. Uh, Neil Mellor, this will be one atmosphere and a half that City will step into at Anfield. And that is the biggest factor and the biggest difference from last season. The fans will be so up for this game. Now, we know the fans weren't inside stadiums last season. The fans are back and the fans make a big difference in huge games. Liverpool have already had a big game this season against Chelsea at Anfield. The atmosphere was incredible. It was a 1-1 draw, which Chelsea are very much in the title mix, you would say, at this stage. And I think, again, this one's going to be a very, very tough atmosphere for Manchester City to play in. They've experienced it previously and struggled with the fans. Last year, they probably couldn't have enjoyed a visit like it previously. They won 4-1. Um, and it looks emphatic, and it probably was, but I don't think it was a 4-1 game. They were better, City, but it wasn't a 4-1. Don't forget Fabinho, and Jordan Henderson, who will both play on Sunday. They'll be in midfield this time. They were the two centre-halves that had to deal with Man City's attack last season at Anfield. So that's one big difference. And the whole story around this for me is City and Liverpool are very, very strong this season. Both going to be in the title mix. But the fans, the fans will make a massive difference for this fixture. John City have won 14 out of their last 16 away from home in the Premier League. Uh, five clean sheets in their own. They're not conceding uh, this season in the league. Um, will they be rattled by what happened in midweek to them or more likely strengthened by what they did to Chelsea last week? Yes, I think actually when you think about those two games, it does show that there is that little wavering of inconsistency with City. Um and it's the question that Pep, I know, doesn't like answering, which is, if you had a striker, would you be better and put teams away and score more? And, you know, at Chelsea last week, uh, I think if they'd have had a striker, they'd have won by a, a greater margin. And maybe in Paris, they uh, they would have offset the messy magic uh, by being a little more uh, deadly on the attack. However, that's not the way he plays it. Um, he will seek as always, to control this fixture. Um, whereas Liverpool, as we know, will always play their own game. You know, Jürgen Klopp, whatever the game, it's pretty much the same tactics. Uh, give, or, give or take the odd adjustment. Um, very difficult to call, really. Um, I think previously I thought Chelsea might do a number on City and I've almost found a blueprint to getting at City, which is hang on, score, and then hang on. Uh, that isn't, isn't really in Liverpool's nature. 
Um, I think uh, ultimately in a game like this, uh, you know, the game last year, um, a lot of mistakes were made, weren't they? By a, a Liverpool team that was struggling for, with injuries and personnel. Um, that may be the difference between them. I can't really see more than a, a one goal margin of victory. I'd be slightly concerned that this fixture turned into one of those in which both of them just set up camp and uh, decided that they were going to see it out. So a draw can't be ruled out for that reason. Um, I do wonder at this point of the season also if, if both managers want to give too much away and just will settle for the draw. I think City will be happy with the draw. I see that as the more likely result. Um, but also you've got to factor in those Liverpool strikers, whether they're in form and judging by that Porto performance, uh, you've also got, you know, um, Curtis Jones, uh, you know, just absolutely on fire. Does does Jurgen risk him? I think he might do. Uh, or certainly give him a spin in that game. City are vulnerable. Liverpool can get out of them. And with that atmosphere behind them, Liverpool can win the game, I'd suggest. Uh, the goal scorer markets would suggest that maybe the traders, are we still underestimating Mohamed Salah? I think wow. we are. Yeah. 2.65 any time. He, uh, he was even money at two last week to score. Uh, Brentford did do that. It was our bet of the weekend from Dave Tindall and, and that came in. Uh, the first goal scorer for Salah, five first goal, five last goal as well. I, I think all of those are very, very uh, happenable as I've invented a word there. <laughs> uh, six first goal, a three any time for Jota. Mane, 7.5, first goal, 3.5 any time. Uh, for City, uh, Riyad Mahrez, who missed a penalty here a couple of seasons ago, 7.5, first goal. If he had scored that penalty, maybe Liverpool... Uh, did it matter that season? No, it didn't really matter that season. That's going back before Liverpool won the title. Uh, 3.6 any time, uh, 7.5, first goal for uh, Ferran Torres, and 3.4 any time. Um, Phil Foden at 7.5. Sterling as well, who um, missed a couple of... It chances against PSG a lot of firepower here uh, Neil um, do we think that um, that Liverpool again have they been underestimated all season and might still be being underestimated at home against City possibly yeah I think Liverpool have shown um, that they are very much back to where they were before all the injuries um, I know they conceded three against Brentford but I feel as though Liverpool have been back to the levels the intensity has been there uh, with the performances so for me, I think one of the bets I'd like to look at is a goal in the first 15 minutes because the atmosphere will be electric. I think it'll be emotional as well with Sir Roger Hunt, with obviously um, remembrance being paid towards him, one of Liverpool's greatest ever goal scorers. Salah actually broke his record last weekend against Brentford, the quickest now Liverpool player to score 100 league goals, which is just incredible because he was a left winger when Liverpool signed him from Roma. I think Trent Alexander-Arnold being out is a big blow for Liverpool, if he is to be confirmed out. He's a doubt at the moment. Um, but as was mentioned, I think Curtis has probably played himself into that starting lineup, And uh, I'm expecting goals in the game rather than it being a cagey sort of nil-nil, sort of one goal to settle it sort of game. An early goal uh, would certainly like the blue touch paper in this one. A goal in the first 15 minutes is uh, 2.9. In the first 10, it's 4.05. And if you can hedge your bets a little bit more, goal scored in the first half an hour is 1.71. And again, uh, when this game goes live in play on sportsbet.io, a lot more uh, possibilities will open up for goals early on in the first five minutes. And if you imagine uh, this might turn into a bit of a classic or as I mentioned that game when um, and as you mentioned as well John there when uh, Riyad Mahrez missed that penalty late on it did turn into a bit of a dirge when these games start and, and maybe both, both sides settle into the way that they want to play I think the best moment about that one was the look on Pep's face when he missed it you know it yeah. looks could kill that's it yeah I don't, I don't know sure we can get any money on Pep his, Pep v Jurgen uh, histrionics but I'm sure there'll be a bit of that. It's a very high stakes game, you know, not just uh, between these teams. Um, both have, you know, they've had that rest since since Wednesday. I've had a lot of time to think about it. Um, as always, you would imagine Pep has some very complex stratagem uh, awaiting Liverpool. Um, it's just whether he gets it to pay off and. Uh, you know, betting on that, the issue, of course, is we never really know who's going to play up front for Manchester City these days, do we? Because often the answer is nobody. So, uh, the, 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 and, you know, you've got the Virgil van Dijk factor. 
uh, and of course um, he's he's added so much. And Joel Massip, excellent against Porto as well. Um, Liverpool is so much a better proposition than last season. It, it's it's a totally different team almost. Um, it's it, 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 it's a big challenge for Pep. Um, and you do wonder, you know, you've seen out the Chelsea game, you lost at PSG, which is not the end of the world because you're probably going to qualify anyway. Um, but if he comes out of the weekend, out of that, that, that run of fixtures with two wins, he'll be delighted with that. But I do think it's quite a tall order. OK, cards on the table. Quickly, Neil, who wins this? I think, uh, obviously, Liverpool win this game and Salah scores and both teams will score in the game. It's going to be... I'm going for a really good watch because it's before international duty and this game has been played after international uh, previously. Um, yeah, I fancy a cracker in Liverpool to, uh, to get a big three points. John, nil-nil? Why not? Go on, let's go for it. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. That's Liverpool against Manchester City. Uh, follow it on sportsbet.io on uh, Clubhouse Radio as well. Uh, only falls to me to thank both my guests today, uh, Neil Meller and John Bruin. Thank you so much, guys. Cheers, Dave. Yeah. This is a sports betting media production. Uh, this Premier League preview will be back uh, very, very soon with another Premier League preview. Once it all comes around, there's internationals, there's Champions League, but we'll be back very soon as well. Uh, please gamble responsibly and we'll see you next time. Clubhouse Premier League betting previews with sportsbet.io. Previewing every game of the English Premier League. Listen to Clubhouse Radio with sportsbet.io for all the best bets as the games are being played. Please gamble responsibly.